Hi, good morning. Um, today's year will be on Hilchot Tefillin, um, and specifically kind of what they are and common Tefillin problems, including um, in positioning, um, and also the most common problems that uh, that uh, make Tefillin Pasul. Um, so now I'm going to start with the Mitzvah Tefillin. There are four uh, parshiot in the Torah that talk about Tefillin. Two of them come at the end of... Um, Parashat Bo. Um, the first is Kadesh Li. The second, Vahiyah Kiviyacha. And each one of them has one pasuk towards the end of that parasha um, that addresses Tefillin. In Kadesh Li, it's Vahiyah Lecha Leot Al Yadecha Lezikron B'Nenecha. And in Vahiyah Kiviyacha, it's Vahiyah Leot Al Yadecha Lezotofo B'Nenecha. We have also in Shema ve'hafta u'kshatem liot ayadecha v'yudotofo b'nenecha, and then in v'hayam shemua u'kshatem liot ayad ayadechem v'yudotofo b'nenechem. So those are the four uh, parshiot, and inside the tefillin, the tefillin itself is broken into um, really four parts. Right, the bayit contains three of them, and then the ritzuot. So the ritzuot, um, as we'll see later, really is the one that kind of gets the most. Uh, problems in terms of passing the tefillin um, because they actually have the same kedusha as the tefillin in and of itself. So um, there are plenty of issues that come up with ritual that make uh, issues with the tefillin. The tefillin itself in the bay you have the uh, kitzita, which is the compartment, the the compartment on top where the the actual parshiot are stored. Um, on the shalyad, it's one piece, and on the shalrosh, it's broken into four pieces, one for each parasha. You have the uh, titura, which is the base. Um, it's elongated in the back. The back part of the titura is called the ma'avarta because it extends a little further. And then the stitching in the titura is made of gid, which is um, typically from like cow veins, um, and that's called the uh, tefirot, and each one of these three parts, the exception of the ritual, because it, you can't do it, has to be square. So the um, titura without the ma'avarta piece in the back. What's the, what's the ritual? These are the ritual, the straps. The straps. So, but the titura without the piece, if you look on the bottom of the tefillin, there's a square, and then that the indent where it's kind of cut in, the piece beyond that point where it curves in order to allow the, the ritual in is called the ma'avarta. But the titura in of itself, the tefirot, the square where the stitching is, and the length and width of um, the kisitsa, not the height of it, each one of those has to be square. And if they're not square, that passes the tefillin. The height of the kisitsa doesn't matter so much, and the ma'avarta doesn't matter. That's not part of the squareness of the titura, but if the titura extends, you know, a lot further than the in in its length than its width, so that becomes problematic. Now it doesn't have to be exactly even. Where if you look at under you know a microscope, you know it's off by 0. 0.000 of a millimeter. And we don't have to go that far with it. As long as when you look at the tefillin, the you know you see that the corners are relatively square and that it looks like a square and doesn't look like it has one part, you know, either the length or the width that's elongated, so then we assume it's um, it is square. Most tefillin 
uh, in general, the uh, Bate makers, they kind of play with a, a, about a millimeter or so on either side. So sometimes the length is a little, like a millimeter longer than the width or vice versa. Um, again, when you look at it, your eye doesn't normally make, you know, doesn't see the difference of a millimeter unless it, the tefillin are very small, which then a millimeter you could potentially see it. But on uh, the regular size tefillin, the 32s, the 33s, 35s, um, and certainly if you had like the Chabad tefillin, um, which are a lot bigger, um, you wouldn't really see the difference of a millimeter. In Egypt, the tefillin used to be that small. Yeah, they used to be very tiny. Very tiny. So uh, on the very tiny ones, which are normally 22s, um, you, you would to probably see the difference of a meter. You well, could potentially two, see it. Uh, millimeters, it's the size. Yeah. yeah, so um, so like mine are 33s. Um, the, but the very small ones, um, they have their own uh, problems in that a lot of times um, the partial, they have to be written very tiny and you have to have a very expert so fair, write them. Because um, if not, letters crack. And if a letter cracks, the whole feelings pasul. Um, so it's very hard to, to, to get them that small so that way they fit and don't break. Because the, the cloth has to be very dark, so if the ink bleeds through and rips the, the cloth, it's, there's a lot of problems with those. Um, but again... Um, yes and no. There are Sephardim who wear two tefillin at the same time. And if that's the case, then you need the smallest possible, because otherwise it, you're, there's only so much room. On the head you have between your hairline, or your, you know, your hairline's receding than where your hairline originally was, to the basically the crown of the head, where the where the Gemara talks about it's the spot on the baby's head where it's soft, where it's still soft on the baby's head. So it's a little just in front of like the tallest point of the head, um, and that's where you have room for the bite. So the like the entire tefillin itself. So if you have the tiny tefillin. You have to make sure that both of them fit within that point, otherwise it doesn't work. It's like Chabamadiyah basically says that you should only wear the regular size ones because we're not really experts in figuring out all these spots. And a lot of times they go off to the side, they go in back. Uh, the arm, the same thing, you only have a certain amount of room. So if, if it's out of out of spot, so then it's like you're not wearing tefillin at all. So it becomes problematic. Um, now inside the parashiyot, um, in the Rosh, they're in a specific order. The first one is Kadeshli, then Vayaki Viacha, and then there's a Machloket. So the Machloket is on the other side. After Vayaki Viacha, does do we have Shema and then Vayem Shema, or Vayem Shema and then Shema? And it's a Machloket in the Gemara because it says on one side you should have Kadeshli and then Vayaki Viacha. And then it says, and then from the other side, Shema and Vayam Shema. And, uh, Vayam Shema. Okay. Come, come, we're not davening. Could I borrow a shtender? If you promise to return. <laughs> we may there, but yes. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Okay, pardon the interruption. There is also a shear going on outside. I can see Heather uh, 
Okay, so um, going back to the Tfilin, so the Machloket on um, when you're wearing it, it would be on the right side, and when you're putting them in, it would be on the left side. Um, but it, we'll talk about it from when you're wearing it. It says that it should be Karishli, then Vayakivyacha. Then Rashi says it should be Shema next in the, the middle, and then all the way to the other side would be Vayayim Shemoa. Rabbeinu Tam argues and says that Pashas of the Gemara is Kadeshli Vayakivyacha, then Vayayim uh, Shemoa, and then Shema on the edge. Um, How about the other the other so some of them, I mean, in general, Gras says that there's 24 different ways of uh, combinations of combinations of tefillin and, and, and different aspects of it. Um, in general, we say that the halakhas like Rashi and the Rambam and the Rif, um, who all hold that uh, like the same way as Rashi, that it should be in order from as you're wearing it from the left, the left hand side to the um, right-hand side, if you're looking at it from the back of the tefillin, Kadishli, Vayakiv Yecha, Shema, and then Vayim uh, Shemot. Um, Moran does bring down in, um, in the Shulchan Aruch that someone who's Yerit Shemayim and someone who uh, the common custom is married, unless you're Chabad, some Brezov also, they do it from Bar Mitzvah. Um, but uh, Moran says that um, someone who's Yerit Shemayim should wear both, meaning also Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam, the others we typically don't uh, don't pass in like or not in, in general we're not even cautious for their uh, their opinions. Um, so, now in, so inside the 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 parshiot are written on cloth with do with a special um, special ink. The batim are also painted with the same thing. So typically also the ritzuot. Um, the ritzuot don't have to be. Uh, they don't have to be black on black. I mean, you don't have to have the shiny side and the underside has to, it doesn't actually have to be black. The Rambam holds it's a hidur, um, and Spiderim a lot of times they go after it just because it is a hidur mitzvah, just to have the black, because this way, at least if it flips around, it's not another color showing. Um, ideally, you should always have the shinier side out, um, but technically the underside could be any color you want other than red. So if they were blue, they're blue. If they're green, they're green. If you Managed to find a green-skinned cow, but if you, it, I'm saying, if you had a blue or green-skinned cow, technically they could be blue or green as long as they're not red. Um, and same thing with the the underside of the tefillin. As long as it's not red, it can be brown, beige, yellow. Can't be but, black but though. From the natural color. Yeah, it should be the natural color. It shouldn't be painted uh, underneath. Um, it should be the, the natural color of the the, the cow. Um, and then on the side of the Tzvilin Shirosh, we have on the right-hand side, uh, looking at, as you're wearing it, um, there's a, a shin with three branches. On the other side, there's four. Um, uh, I'll pick up kind of say that um, the, reg- the shin with three is the regular shin. The other side is the shin that's, uh, that was kind of surrounding the cutout in the Luchot. So there was a regular shin that was cut out, and then if you really surrounded the outside edge, would technically have four, and then inside those spaces would be a regular shin. Um, and then my tefillin, 
Um, they all have to be, so the corners shouldn't be rounded. So if they're getting rounded, you should take them to a batim maker or a batim macher, or, or uh, someone who can, a bodek, someone who can fix the filin. Uh, in our community here, it would be rather gross. Um, if you want me to look at it, I also could. There are certain minor things that I know how to how to fix into feeling, so I can tell you if I could do it, or in general, you just go to Rabbit Gross. Um, and everything should be painted black. What's the meaning of the shame for and three? Any meaning to it? Yeah, it said, being able to the shin is a regular shin, yeah. right? And But it fits inside. For Shaddai, Yeah, but it fits inside the... Um, the, the four branch shin would be the outline mm -hmm. of the three branch one and would fit inside it as it kind of did in the Luchot. Because the letters are floating in the, in the Luchot, so the, this is the outline of the, you know, it's like the outline of the three branch shin as it was in the Luchot. Um, the placement of the Tifinin, um, the Tifinin Shiliad goes first. And it goes on the arm, so it goes, it can be no higher, the bite itself, including the malvarta, but not so much the ritzuot. If the ritzuot, kind of when you're tying it, come up a little bit beyond this point, it's okay. Um, but it should not go above the midpoint of the the top of the arm, of the biceps, right, of the, um, what bone is this, the, the humerus. Right, so it shouldn't go above the midpoint between the shoulder and the elbow, right, which is the, the humerus bone. Um, if it goes above that point, there are poskim who say that it is okay, so if for whatever reason the only feeling you had were too big, um, and you had the option to either put it uh, closer to the elbow or closer to the shoulder, it would be better to put closer to the shoulder. Uh, and the reason is that everyone holds that the tefillin needs to be, can all, the lowest point, no part of the tefillin is allowed to go beyond the start of the rise of the biceps. Uh, once it's below that point, it's as if it's, you're not wearing tefillin. So um, in general, it's somewhere between two and three finger breaths from the, um, the, the elbow. Um, and also it needs to be tilted slightly in towards the heart. Um, and in general, the Mishaburu recommends that one way to really just test it is you hold your arm out with the palm facing up. If the tefillin is tilted in slightly, so you're fine. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to touch the body. It, doesn't ha it, doesn't, it could touch the body. It could not touch the body. It doesn't matter so much. Um, if you're a bigger person like myself, you know, most likely it's going gonna, it's gonna to touch the body because you know, I've got more, uh, more surface area. But um, as long as when you, you, know, you tilt your arm with the palm up, it's tilted slightly in, so that's fine. Then uh, there is a custom some people have to make sure that they put an extra wrapping around the bayi of the tefillin in order to hold the kesher, the, the yud knot of the tefillin, to the, the bayi itself. Um, this should always touch the bayi. Um, if it's not, um, so if it's slightly off, with like you know a millimeter spacer, so between the Mishnah Brewer it does say that that's okay. Um, ideally, it should be made to touch the the bite. It's a lot more problematic for Ashkenazim because the they only have one strap of the tefillin that goes through the mavarta. Um, by Svaranim, with the shaliyad, we have two straps, so it kind of holds it in place. It's a lot thicker, um, and normally with the way knots are tied, um, if it's 
tied correctly and pulled through tightly, uh, the, the kesher should just stick right next to the bite and it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, Mishnah Brewer brings down that if, you, uh, if it doesn't do this, so one of the ways to fix it, um, one, while you're wearing it, is to just have a strap of the, the ritzuot go over the kesher and hold it against the bite, um, which is a good practice just to have. Um, but ideally, even when you're not wearing the tefillin, the kesher should always touch the bite. So the Mishnah Brewer recommends taking a piece of gid, which is a, again a piece of that uh, cow vein, and running it through the ma'avarta with the uh, ritzuot and tying it. Um, tying it around the uh, the kesher, so that way it o- is always touching the bayi. It shouldn't be run around the ma'avarta, but through it, because if it's around, then it's considered a chatzita, um between the um, the tefillin and the arm. Um, watches are not technically a chatzita. Uh They're on the ritual that are further down the arm, but there can't be anything in between the uh, the bayi of the tefillin itself and the um, and the, the top of the arm. So you can wrap it around the watch? Technically. There are some who say you shouldn't. Um, better to be cautious for them, but technically, you could do it. Um, now, in terms of the wrappings down the arm, so Sephardic custom is we wrap around once, and that doesn't count as part of the seven. And then you wrap an additional seven times. And then... Right, so it's eight altogether, but again, we say the first one doesn't count. And then take the ritual and wrap it to the left side of the middle finger and hold it there. And then we put on the tefillin shalrosh. Now, the spot for the tefillin shalrosh, as I mentioned before, is that you have from where the hairline is, or if you're losing your hair, so where the hairline was, estimate, right? Estimate where that was if, if you're you know, missing it. Um, and it goes until slightly before the highest point of the head. Um, and that's where you have the feelings. You don't have to push it all the way forward. You don't have to, you, know, you can let it sit a little bit above, and it's a good to let it sit above the hairline, simply because if it dips below, it's considered as if someone's not wearing tefillin. So better to put it a little higher uh, in order to make sure it doesn't fall. The, and it, has, it should be that the bite in and of itself, not the, so much the titura, but the ksita, should be um, centered along the nose, um, and the whole thing really should be centered, or centered, centered um, between the center of the eyes, if possible. So if the nose is not centered with the So, it's just saying, centered between, you center it on the head, ideally between the nose, if you can't center it, the whole thing between, um, between the center of the eyes. Um, but the, um, that's fine, we're showing feeling anyway. Um, and then in the back, the kesher should sit along the base of the skull in the occipital lobe um, and the ke- there's a bone back there that's like a protrusion part of the kesher must sit on that bone it could be the, the very top of it, it could be the bottom um, the middle, whatever it is, it doesn't matter so much as long as part of it's touching it and none of the kesher should be if that like the hairline at the base of the the skull dips is very uh, close to that bone so ideally none of the kesher in and of itself should be resting on on skin or in case of someone purposely like their Hasidish you know shaves that part of their head as long as they keep the payout so it shouldn't be resting on 
part of the head where hair doesn't naturally grow. Um, and you know, so at the the base of the the skull here. So if I if I put it here, let's say there's still a little bit of hair beneath it, which is fine, and the top of it's resting on that bone that's right here. Um, but ideally, it should be put about here. So this way, if it dips while you're you're praying, um, you don't have a problem of it falling down. Then from there, there's two customs that are brought down uh, among the Sephardic Rabbanim as to how to wrap the ritual around the finger. So halacha is like of uh, of uh, uh, that um, the ritual should be wrapped around the middle finger three times. So we take from the left side of the middle finger and wrap around the center one first. Um, one time around the uh, the um, the the center um, knuckle. Um, the, the there's th the three divisions in the I can't think of the word right now. The three divisions in the finger in between each knuckle. So in between the uh, middle and last knuckle of the finger, um, and then two wraps in between the knuckle that's connected to uh, the hand and that middle knuckle. And then a lot of Svaranim then wrap it in between around the middle finger again, in between the middle and index finger, and then around the hand, and then uh, around the palm, kind of like so. Or some people have a custom where they have like like this. So it kind of looks um, like that. Um, for you listening, I can't show you in a voice recording. Um, there is another custom, though, that instead of going in between the fingers again, that immediately after wrapping the third one, you take the ritual and wrap it around uh, the hand. So this way, the ritual looked like a letter Dalit, um, which is why some people have a letter Shin, uh, instead of the, the base here, then the hand the Dalit, and then the on the finger would be a yud. Um, so you have the name Shaddai on the arm, and then um, you have also uh, between the tefillin, the tefillin, you have the shin, the dalit is the kesher in the back, and then the other kesher on the, um, the tefillin shalyad is also yud, so you have the same thing. Um, <laughs> now, in terms of um, other pisilin, the ritual have to be black on on the top side, the outside. If they're not, um, you can order online or you can go to Lakewood or a number of Judaica stores, Brooklyn, different places, Baltimore. Um, I don't know if Battle Judaica here has, but you can get paint. They come in markers. Some of them are to fill in markers. Some of them are uh, actually, they look like uh, little white out tubes, except it's like a blackout tube because it's uh, black paint. The what? The on the, uh, oh, so like that. Well, we'll get there, uh, get there in a second. Um, so the feeling on the outside has to be black. Um, the inside, I say, could be any co other color. But the Ritsuo don't have a minimum thickness in terms of uh, back to front. But across the Ritsuo, there is a minimum thickness. And it's roughly around 10 millimeters, or about a centimeter. Um, a lot of ritual, um, especially for the smaller tefillin, uh, it's very difficult to get thicker rit uh, ritual through them. So they use ritual that start at about 10, maybe 11 centimeters. Um, but as you use them, they stretch. 
Um, so where the Ritzuot connects uh, in the, um, when you pull it tighter around the, the, the top of the arm, a lot of times that stretches out. You have to be very careful because if that dips below 10, some say 9 and change millimeters, so then the Ritzuot there aren't thick enough and they're pasul. And the whole tefillin isn't kosher until you change the Ritzuot out. The good thing with Ritzuot is there's two sides, so technically if that side gets thinned out, you could just make a new kesher and whatnot and thread it through from the other side of the Ritzuot and save yourself you know, 100 bucks uh, till the next time you have to do so. Um, but it's, you have the larger tefillin, again that 33, 35 range, not the 22, the little tiny tefillin. Um, most of the time they'll fit Ritzuot that's like 1.3 centimeters, like 12, 13, maybe even 14 millimeters. Um, which point most of those, even when they stretch, they're not going to really stretch all that much to go down, you know, to two thirds of their size to nine, ten uh, millimeters or so. So they'll they typically stay kosher uh, for a lot longer. Now, in terms of um, protecting the tefillin, so. We normally have these little plastic boxes. They come in different shapes and colors and things. And some of them have pesukim on them. Some of them say other things. Um, those cases have a din of a tashmish, of tashmish kedusha. So unlike a talit or tzitzi, which is a tashmish mitzvah, um, where um, there are certain leniencies in regards to that. So by tashmish kedusha, the whole gemara and masechet megillah that talks about uh, you can't uh, sell a Sefer Torah to buy a Chumash, or buy a Chumash to buy Tefillin, or different steps down. So the uh, cases for the Tefillin don't have the same level of Kiddusha as the Tefillin themselves, but they do have some level because they're made as a, they're a protection for the Tefillin. So if you're in a place where you could, uh, like say there's a table uh, that you could put your Sidor and Tefillin <coughs> down, um, you should not put your Sidor uh, against the cases of the tefillin as a stand, because the sidor is a tashmish mitzvah, um, whereas the cases of the tefillin are tashmish kedusha. That's one thing. Um, in terms of making the bracha with the tefillin, so some people have on the tefillin a plastic piece that comes inside the case for the shayad. Uh, it has a hole on the top and it has like a, a square cutout um, along two sides for the the kesher. If you have one of those, um, so then to make the beracha and putting on the tefillin, you should take it off uh, to make the beracha because um, the, to make the beracha, the tefillin themselves should be exposed. Um, and again, with tefillin, we, we only make one beracha. Ashkenazim do uh, two berachot, but they also say baruch shem after the second beracha just in case um, it's a beracha levatala. Uh, Sfaradim only make uh, one beracha. If, however, someone was speaking in between uh, putting on the shaliyad and the sharosh, then they would make a beracha uh, on the sharosh because they have sick. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you if you were putting on the sharosh or on the shaliyad and you didn't get a chance to put on the sharosh yet and you heard kaddish. Um, if you answered amen, which you shouldn't, until you put on the shalrosh, um, but if you yeah, shouldn't answer it, think it, think it, don't answer it, don't actually say it out loud, um, because you don't have the shalrosh on, and that would be hefsek, and you're basically causing yourself to make a bit of chalavatala, uh, so it'd be a, pro- a big problem. Um, 
but think it. But if you happen to answer Amen, and you, you know, forgot, and you answered Amen, so then um, you would make another biracha. Um But that, bla- that, that plastic piece is... Um, on what? Yeah, anything, any, 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 any whatsoever, anything whatsoever. Um, even if you got to like, let's say you're praying by the the kotel and you're starting a later minyan, you hear kedushah. So if you can throw your tefillin on and still answer uh, kedushah afterward, so fine, that that's perfect. Uh, but you don't answer it um, if the the tefillin aren't on you. And in terms of making the beracha, um, tefillin is a mitzvah deraita, as we said in the beginning. There's four pesukim that bring down the mitzvah itself. Um, with most mitzvot deraita, we stand uh, typically when making the mitzvah and doing the mitzvah, if possible, or you know if the mitzvah calls for that. Um, but api kabbalah, the Arizal and Zohar bring down you should sit for putting the tefillin shliyad. So svarim sit for the tefillin shliyad, and uh, but then we stand for the tefillin shalrosh because it is a mitzvah deraita, um, and also the krichot, the wrappings around the hand should also be done. Uh, while you're standing, because it's uh, finishing the the mitzvah. Um, what? But the bracha itself and putting on the shaliyad should be put on while sitting. Um, but then, um, Boris, you're asking me about the the rubber gasket kind of thing I have on top of my tefillin. So there is a new thing. It's called the kishayad. Um, that was developed. Uh, a few years ago, um, those plastic always break or right. The plastic ones either lose them, they fall off. They're not necessarily the right size. So this little piece here is rubber. It's a little stretchy, and it's meant to fit tefillin size 32 to 35. Okay. Um, so if you know they're a little bigger, it'll stretch to fit them. Um, so where did you get one? So I, I got them in Lakewood. I actually have one extra one at home. Um, okay, Boris, you can buy it off if you'd like. Um, but um, the good thing about these is Chamis Yosef, a number of old um, Ashkenazi and Sfani say that this is better uh, because there are some who hold that you need to have the, the tefillin exposed while you're praying and that the plastic covering, well, even though it has the hole on top, it's not really considered open. No, they also make a hole in the side. Right, there's a little hole in the side for the kesher and there's a little thing on top. Um, but that's not necessarily the best uh, best option. Actually, it's 30, size 32 to 36, not 35. Um, and but this one, Chamislak Yosef says this is much better. And Rabbi Mordechai even holds that um, because really all it's doing is just going on the side, is a little bit on top. It's uh, mostly open. Um, you can even make the berachah the tefillin without taking this off. Um, so you can just leave it on. Uh, you don't have to do anything with it. Just leave it on and just kind of forget about it. Um, but it, it's nice. It's rubber. It fits inside the uh, tefillin case. It you know, protects them from uh, getting banged up. Um, it works definitely better than felt does. Um, they do fit most uh, tefillin shell roche also. Uh, they don't always fit inside the case with the tefillin shell roche. So you t- you have to figure out how big yours are if they fit in the case or whatever you want with that. Um, but if you ha- like, I have one of my tefillin shorosh for one of my hair that's tefillin. Um, it doesn't, f- and it fits in the case with that, but not in the case with the other one. It just happens to be the size of the cane. But no. So, but you, when you're wearing the, <coughs> the when you're wearing the tefillin, you have to take it off the shorosh, but you can leave it on the the shalyad. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, 
Right, and then. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, if anyone has any questions or wants to you know, look at the tefillin, measure them, work something out, I can uh, I can do so. Or again, Rabbi Gross is uh, <clears throat> he's the uh, the so sofer the bigger, the bigger question here. Is, what's the really Hebrew uh, mitzvah? Uh, Some people say you should check them once in seven uh. years. What other say ones than one, every year? It's just so, like this, if you use them every day, you don't ever have to check them in your life. Really? Really. Uh, difference is in mezuzah, you don't use it every, every day because it just sits there. You don't actually do things with it. This one. I check mezuzahs every year, too. Okay. Api alacha, you only have to do it once every three and a half, twice every seven. So every. Third year and fourth year, three and a half years, whatever it is. Some people like to do it in Elul before Rosh Hashanah, yeah, in the third year, and then the fourth year, do it every three years, whatever it is. Um, Tefillin, you don't technically have to do that. There is a custom brought down. Some people have them, you know, have a minhag that I guess they borrowed from Mizuzah, they do it every three and a half years. Um, other people have a custom where they get them checked every uh, every year in Elul, same thing, um, you know, before Rosh Hashanah. Um, there is that custom. Nowadays, a lot of times, they can just computer check it, um, and they don't really have to open it up. Uh, if they find something of weird, weird in the computer, then they'll open it up. Uh, the other thing is, if if they're shul tefillin, which aren't used every day, they should be checked at, at least as often as Mrs. Zol, and probably more often. Um, and then the people, whoever donated them or whatever should, um, or people in the shul should put the money together to get them checked every so often, simply because they're not used every day, they're meant to be borrowed. Um, and also, if the tefillin get wet, water spills on, on them. They should be immediately checked. If you have to use them before you get them checked, do not make a beracha. If they're exposed to extreme heat, they're left in a hot car, you know, it's 100 degrees outside, um, they're left in the car for three hours, and they're boiling, don't make a beracha until they're checked. Um, same thing with extreme cold. The, the ink in the parchment inside is very sensitive because it's all folded up and tiny anyway. Any real drastic change in temperature, humidity, um, exposure is uh, yeah. It's better not to leave them in the car. Leave them in shul or take them home, um, but don't leave them in the car because um, again, if they're exposed to extreme temperatures um, or extreme conditions. Then you need to get them checked because they are very sensitive. Okay. Good, very nice. All right. Uh, that's uh, Tefillin. Any questions? Email me, see me, whatever. And uh, maybe I mean. You have a brand new pair.